Hi there. <laughs> why the hell you're here? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Blue Tail Bowhunter Podcast. This is your host, Devin Patterson, again, per normal. Um, in here again with me, Tyler Poland. Co-host, apparently. Co-host. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. that's how you fucking say it. <laughs> also co-host, Clint Lawrence. Clint. What's going on? We've got, um, I think it's going to be a super special one um, today. We're kind of going to get a, a little bit away from deer hunting specifically and talk more about the other aspect of our lives, um, law enforcement, and kind of pick apart a little bit of um, the mental aspect of that stuff mental health and you know whenever we we talk about stuff like this and even hunting um the guests we have i like to have an idea like somebody that is um somebody that i would consider to be uh, i guess a specialist or something in that in that specific area and i believe we have that so um without further ado why am i here (laughs) (laughs) my brother david vanderport Hello, everyone. How are you out there in podcast land? Man, uh, yeah, hold on. Yeah, do your, tell tell the world who you are. And well, then we got a little thing that we do, which okay. you've already heard, probably. Go ahead. Like, as in uh, who I am now, just, or like just a background? We, we will synopsis. just a quick background. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to dive background. in. A synopsis of yeah. Vandy. Yep. Okay. We're, we're going to dive in more, but... Just a quick one, just for yeah, people who probably overview. don't know who you are. I know a lot of people that are listening to this probably know who you are, but for those of that don't. All right, so uh, obviously I was a, a police officer for about 20 years, but the reason I'm here is because of my book, Inside a Cop's Mind, and in the book it will kind of give you um, some kind of like flashbacks of how I grew up. So I would just say my childhood was trash. And then, uh, you know, I uh, would play basketball at Lakeland, so... um, Because you're like 12 foot tall. (laughs) Right. And then uh, I I had to find a a major, and I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. So I switched my major like three times, ended up in law enforcement, and um, I like graduated in May of 97... Uh, I was partying at a buddy of mine's house, uh, like Matt Toon, and he had seen an ad for the Coles County Sheriff's Office, and I filled out a nap. He turned it in. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) I got hired, and, you know, um, I was there for six years. Uh, three of those years spent in the East Central Illinois Task Force, which I led every minute of that. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> shout out, East Tef. That's right. Great times, man. <laughs> Undercover buys, all that good stuff. Um, then I, you know, I wanted to start a family, so I needed uh, some type Settle of your ass down. money. Back. Yeah. Well, yeah. that too, but. Yeah. Uh, so I went to Matt Toon just only solely for the money. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I was there 14 years, rose to the rank of lieutenant. I, you know, I was in investigations for a minute to, you know, eight years. <laughs> just a minute. So I don't know what else, more do you want to know other than that. I mean, I can I mean, go that's, into that's detail. Good for, yeah, that's yeah, good for So, yeah. so, so, so. um... And then you you medically retired 
Is that the correct yeah. term, I guess? Yeah, me- and what, medically disabled. Like, all duty 2017, it actually went through. Is that correct? Or is it, well, it, you, it, no, it didn't, go, 16. didn't go through till 18. Okay, yeah, because it was just a shit years show. of, okay. you know, real <laughs> bad, but, you know. I had a great attorney, so sure. shout out <laughs> Britt Ames out of Chicago. Well, good. So, like I said, brief little synopsis. I know I'm kind of backtracking here, so uh, right. welcome, Bandy. Welcome. It's it's an honor yes, to have you yeah, in here. Of course. Um, somebody that I've it's looked up to my entire career, and we'll get into that. But um, like I said, backtracking, we have been doing our, our end of watch thing. I'm um, giving a shout out to, to Fallen Officers, so we're going to touch on that real quick, and then we're going to get into what we're doing. Nice. So, um, Clint, go ahead. Yep. Uh, I chose police officer Anthony Dia. Uh, officer Dia was a police officer with the uh, Toledo, Ohio Police Department. Uh, end of watch for Officer Dia was Saturday, July 4th, 2020. Uh, police officer Dia was shot and killed after responding to a disturbance at home at the Home Depot store uh, located at 1035 West Alexis Road at about 12:30 in the morning. A uh, drunk subject had started to harass participants of an informal car show that was in the parking lot of the store. Officer Dia was the first officer on scene and attempted to contact the subject. The man produced a handgun and opened fire, striking Officer Dia in the chest. Despite his wounds, Officer Dia was able to return fire as the man fled. Uh, subject fled into a nearby wooded area where he committed suicide moments later. Uh, witnesses, uh, witnesses of the shooting began to provide medical aid to Officer Dia. Um, and then other responding officers ended up transporting him to a local hospital where he succumbed to his wounds. He was with the Toledo Ohio Police Department for two years and had previously served with the Mercy Health Police Department for an additional two years. He is survived by his wife, two sons, and his parents. He was 26 years old. Thank you for your service, brother. Yeah, rest in peace, brother. Rest in peace. All right, I got a 42-year-old Corporal Adam McMillan. Hamilton County Sheriff's Office, Ohio, uh, passed away October 23rd, 2020. Uh, Corporal McMillan uh, succumbed from injuries from a uh, vehicle accident where his patrol car collided with a bus. Uh, he was a 19-year member of the department. Thank you for your service, brother. Yep. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, and then I have Sergeant Sean Ross, or Rios, sorry, Sean Rios. Um, of the Houston Police Department in Texas. He was shot killed in the 7700 block of North Freeway at about 1.30 p.m. on, <clears throat> excuse me, November, <clears throat> sorry, November 9, 2020. What? Every time we, we do this, that's all you I don't know. I don't know what it is. Real professional. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, he encountered two vehicles and an armed man on the roadway became engaged in a shootout with subject. Sergeant Rios was fatally wounded in the shootout, and the subjects were later arrested. He had served with the Houston Police Department for 25 years and was assigned to the airport division where this happened. Uh, he's survived by four children, parents, brother, and two cousins who um, were also also served with the Houston Police Department. So he's 40, 47 years of age. He had 25 years on. So um, Sergeant Rios, rest in peace, and yes, um, all of your lives mattered. So, <clears throat> man, yeah, I don't know what that is. So, Mandy, what's up, brother? Nothing. You know, I, sitting here listening to just three names of many, way too many officers dying in the, in the line of duty, but uh, there are even more dying at 
their own hands. Their own hands, right. Of course. Mm -hmm. of course. And that's a, a huge part of what we're, we're wanting to talk about here today is the mental health aspect because, um, you know, I know for sure that you've, you've been through your own health um, and hell, you were there. So real, real brief, real quick, um, I guess I should kind of lay a base as to our uh, friendship and how we, you know, when I started, you were, you were a lieutenant already, correct? What year did you, what, 2016. I hired at the end of 15, but I got on the road at the yeah, so would, beginning I, of 2016. I would have been a lieutenant at that point right. in time. Yeah. So you were my lieutenant. Um, and it was a pleasure. It was because <laughs> I feel like our, um, our attitudes really meshed really well together. You knew I was a young, um, striving kid that wanted to get into a lot of shit and didn't know what the, didn't know what I was doing at all. And you, you, you were very knowledgeable in a lot of the stuff that I was trying to get into. I mean, we heard you talk about your, briefly talk about your career. You were in task force, you were in investigations. I mean, you, you touched a little bit on everything and, and did really fucking well in all of those. So, um, you know, we, we really meshed together and have since. Um, so like I said, that was 2016 and that was actually towards the end of your career. Like we've talked yeah, about. Um, so unfortunately we didn't get enough time, but the, the time that we did have, um, I always loved it because I learned so much in such a little time. I mean, you want to talk about investigations and interviewing people. I mean, I can't tell you in the short amount of time, how many times I would get somebody in, and, and it would be something silly, you know, just a theft or whatever. And I'd interview them and they wouldn't give it up. And then I'd fucking walk out all mad and then they'd send, <laughs> they'd send Bandy in there and then he would just, Bring in the clothes he, he wouldn't shut up for, <laughs> he would not shut up for 45 minutes to these people, not talking about anything related to anything police work. <laughs> they just let me out of here at that point, right? And, oh, then, no and, then, and then minute 46, he's like, all right, so let's talk about this. And then they're like, yeah, I fucking did it. And I'm like, fuck him. It's always easier to tell your best friend your deepest, darkest secrets. Absolutely. I'd rather spend 45 minutes talking to somebody about what they had for breakfast and then hit them with, you know, why so, are you stealing shit from Walmart? Yeah, <laughs> so the few times that I watched that happen, I, I, I learned so much. Like, it was incredible. So I know I've never even really talked about that with you. But I've learned I learned a lot in a short amount of time just by watching you. So I looked up to you. Obviously, it's just one method, but you know, it uh, it's an effective one. Oh, it, and it, it <laughs> told me, and even you know, traffic stops. I'd I'd watch you talk to people, and man, well, it was well, a good time. I, man. I never worked with you, but I still hear people talk about you all the time about the yeah. interviewing skills and, and things like that. And I'm like, well, hell, you know, I'd be good guy to learn from most i mean still hearing about you what, four years after you left i mean four uh, fucking can you guys believe that <laughs> four years least, like these guys don't know because they didn't really work with you most, well, most i ever got was i you think maybe I was touch at the with, end well no i never i wasn't working you already off uh back related stuff i believe uh, when i first started but were you where did what year did you start 17 yeah. He was right after me. But right but what yeah. I, I remember, there was one time I did a ride-along, would have been in 16, I believe. Before you got hired, yeah. Before I got hired, and although I think your back was still causing you issues at that point, you were still out there on the road a little bit, and you were, we went on a call call together, but uh, that was that was the only, unfortunately. Well, I tried only... to never let you know, my physical limitations get in the way of what we were Honestly, it was hard watching do. you, you know, hobble in. Well, 
Because it was like, fuck. We, we were attempting to do something very great. You know, I, I, there were a lot of new young officers that I wanted to um, show the way, so to speak. Well, we had a really <laughs> special <laughs> shift, even. We I mean, did. It was I, fantastic. Dude, that, yeah, I it would was, love to work for a little it bit. Was, it was nuts. I mean, I'll never forget that. There was no stopping. No. I mean, and, and the good thing was the captain that we had. Oh, man. Absolutely. Allowed us. Lead by example. The man's still doing it to this day. <laughs> Kick the shit out. Shout out Ray Hall. Kicking the shit out of cancer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop that, man. He's going to do what he wants to yep. do. Yep. And just, uh, I mean, growing up in Mattoon, you hear so much bad about the guy. <laughs> people, people have never met him. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, so... I start out my career and he's my captain. And I'm like, fuck. Like I've, I've heard about this guy my entire <laughs> yeah, it's life. people that do shit wrong. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what we learned. But it, and it, it was from moment one, I think a lot like you, he kind of, he kind of saw what I wanted to be and he knew that he could help me out a lot. And, and me and Ray have, have really met really, really well. He did the exact same thing with me too. I mean, and it was, I was crazy. Gold B, you know, it's yeah. the only shift I've ever been on. So there's Gold B and that's it for now. I'm in East Tiff, but. I mean, uh, he's like you said. Lead by example. If you, you if you work your ass off, yes. the man will the man will make it worth your while. Ride or die, man. Yeah. If you're willing to, mm-hmm. if you're willing to put in the work. Yep. You'll, 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 but it's it's crazy that like all the things I heard about Ray Hall before I met Ray Hall weren't true. Yeah. Well, now you look back, somebody talks shit about a, an officer, and you're like, it's well, now, now you think about, well, what the hell were you doing? It's wrong right. that, you know, Contrary you're... to popular belief, he does sit down and take shit. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a good man. He is, so. he is. He's actually kind of battling COVID right now. It's kind yeah. of kicking his ass. So well, we're, we're hoping he bounces through yes. that. Because of his ain't, weak immune system, he just fucking fought cancer. Ain't I mean, nothing. Ain't no, I'm nothing. sure he'll take he'll care stuff of his nails, so... All right, so I don't know how let's just uh, how deep you want to go into this rabbit hole because we could go deep. Do you want to just start talking about the book? So, so yeah, those who don't know, so those who don't know, um, Vandy he he wrote a book. When when was this pub- published? Mid May, right about the time I've covered my goddamn mouth. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was. The week before, maybe even three or four days before the incident in Minnesota. Okay. So, really? Oh, yeah. 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 So, that's what landed me on um, with the hard factor guys on Barstool Sports. Yeah. They're, they're I watched that interview. Work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, what the, me the on book's there. called Inside a Cop's Mind. Um, so, if you just want to talk briefly about that, and then we can kind of start diving into it if you want. You know, <clears throat> sorry to cut you off, but the, at least get the first chapter because we we talked about that and i don't know how specific you want to get into that um but that was one that i was actually a part of so but if you want to give a brief description of the book well it started out i met with a college professor well he was a former college professor who turned into my mentor and editor roger whitlow Uh, he also did the introduction to the book we met up for coffee just an obscure day um, there in Charleston, I'm going to say it was about 2000, it was 2018, June, 2018. We met up for coffee and I was having some major, major issues at the time mentally. You know, I'd lost my identity. Um, the only true connection I still had to law enforcement was, you know, through Devin and through Travis Easton, uh, Hearst. When he wasn't too busy, you know, in Chase Call, you know, there's there's several guys, but it's not the same. Right. 
You know, I, lo- I lost that contact with that camaraderie, that yep. squad room. That That's what matters. <laughs> you know, the calls, they all blend together. Yep. You know, even the homicide investigations, you know, you'll remember them, but I don't remember the names. No. You know, uh, it's sad to say I don't, um, but I well, do, How could you? Right. You know? Over 20 years. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, but I do remember the guys, every single guy I ever worked with that I spent time in the trenches. Uh, I, I remember all those those guys, so I had some contact with them, um, but, but it just wasn't enough, so to speak, and I was going through rough times. So Dr. Whitlow and I um, come up with the idea of just start writing shit down, you know, writing down some incidents that stuck out to me. Just to kind of channel your you know, issues or whatever. Exactly. Right. Um, therapeutic <clears throat> endeavor. Absolutely. A two-year therapeutic endeavor, but um, so it turned into this book. You know, he edited it. Um, How we, fucking dirty your hands are. We tried to. Um, That'd be mine. Sorry, <laughs> that's yours, that's that. yours now. You claim no. It's pro- it could be from the. Um, no, he doesn't wash his. No, I was working on a truck earlier today. So sorry. Bitch, I washed my hands like five times. Camaraderie. Well, I was um, reading that first chapter, and it was. I don't want to quit reading it sitting here. Well, <laughs> it's a quick read. This is how you got into it. You know. About 120 pages, 27 chapters. <laughs> They're all short, quick reads. I, I wrote it to be that way because as cops, we don't have time to sit down and read a freaking no. novel, yep. nor do we want to. Right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, these are just short clips, you know. And so are these uh, are these exact stories? Or are these kind of fabricated? Well, know? They're, they're based on true stories. Every single one of them has some uh, sense from of your truth. own from your own experience. Yes, or or from ones that, that I was to. there. Okay. generally there for most of it. Well, he was talking about that first uh, chapter there, and I I know the names of stuff are obviously been changed, yes, but yes. I, I know that incident and I've heard all about it. So that's kind of, that's one that's crazy as hell. That's one that changed me for um, the rest of my life. I, really I can't imagine that one. That, really. That'd be. And I wanted to start the book out with it because I wanted to grab people. Right. You know, I wanted them to just uh, realize what a cop does go through. You know, any cop across America could encounter this first chapter. You know, the name of its flashlight. Um. Ryan Hurst and I were just sitting there talking one night. You know, it, it's probably around midnight or after. I don't even remember, but it was dark. Just sitting there talking, you know, just a regular night. Yeah. We all do it. Doored up 25. Hashtag routine, right? Yeah. Right. Quote, unquote. Exactly. Routine and, and night. Nothing. Nothing in law enforcement's routine. No. So we were dooring up, and then a call came out. Some knucklehead was... Um, you know, messed up and, and this sort of thing. Um, and Ryan stopped him, and guy ran, fight ensued. Um, of course, all you guys know the story. Yeah. Uh, Ryan got beat up with his flashlight. And when I showed up, all I saw was Ryan on his knees, blood run down his face. And I thought he... And I... I had lit it up with my light and my spotlight once I found him because he was between two houses in the dark. It was dark as shit. I drove right by him. Had I stopped right when I drove by him, I would have 
probably dropped the hammer on the guy because that's when he was beating Ryan with the flashlight. Because Ryan yelled at me. Because we were trying to figure out where the hell he was at because he didn't, he couldn't get to his radio. So, and me being the young guy, I last I heard was was Ryan was talking about um, the guy was running north. So my dumbass, I'm doing 70 about fucking five blocks to the north and I just get out and start running south just to try to find them. Looking back now, you know that typically those pursuits and that stuff, they don't happen very far away from where that the traffic stop yeah. actually happened. They don't, they don't, right. people aren't track stars, but I was that night, but I went way too far. Um, so, you know, that kind of, and that, you know, looking back now, I kind of, kind of beat myself up a little bit for that because I was like, fuck, I drove right past him. Yeah. You know, we all did. And we and all did. Just, but, you know, one of those things, but when I got there, I lit it up with my, you know, the alley lights and stuff and spotlight and I ran up there. I see blood running down his face. I look down. There's a fucking pistol. A silver pistol. A silver pistol <laughs> laying against the foundation of one of the houses right next to him. So immediately, I, I think, just yeah. shut yeah. the fucking head. Yeah. So I just grab him and I hug him and I, you know, I start questioning where he shot. Because you can hear all of it on the on the recording. Yeah. It was all recorded. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think it's shot. I got my ass kicked with flash. <laughs> no, and I was like, oh, fuck, thank God. So I was like, where to go? You know, I'm still angry and I want a piece of this guy. I want I want to murder him, you know, because yeah. he just damn near killed one of my brothers, one of my closest brothers. And um, so he said he ran north around the house. So I take off running around the house, step on those. You know, those gumballs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There were some of those on the sidewalk, and I, you know, ass over tea kettle, <laughs> smack my head on no concrete kidding. embankment right there by the house. And well, and this is like, like we said, silly, man. sorry to cut you off again, but um, this is also on top of back injuries that you've been fighting for years. Years. You know, and then, then you hit this, so you hit the ground pretty fucking hard. Well, and then on the recording, you can hear me going back. Talking to Ryan again. Yeah. And I don't remember him. Because <laughs> no I was, kidding. yeah, I had a concussion. I was, ja- I don't remember. Wow, I never heard 45 that. seconds. I don't remember. Because we're listening to it back in yeah. the captain's office, like, you know, a couple hours after it happened, once we knew Ryan was okay and everything. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that. Meanwhile, so, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally running around this entire neighborhood. I'm, I'm hopping <laughs> privacy fences. I'm running around like a, Fucking chicken with like a deer. Like I, dude, there was no direction, but I was finding something. But hey, that's, that's rookie ambition, right? Oh my there. god, you you were ready to rock. So after I talked to Ryan again, I I hear uh, Captain Hall yelling at somebody yep. to you know raise their hands, come on out. So I ran to right where he was, and I see him pointing his pistol to the bushes. So you and I, yeah, yeah we he attacks from the west, I attack from the east, man, and. I jumped. You up. couldn't have timed it any more perfect. No, it was no. we we, man, and that's what we talked about. That you kind of that brought us together. That man. fucking that right that brotherhood. Like I and I've been a part of a couple different brotherhoods through wrestling and stuff. And, and like you know, you, any college athlete can probably understand this, but you put yourself through a lot of hell doing any college sport or any sport in high school, whatever. And so you bond with those people a little different. But locker room, man, there's just something mm-hmm. different about. Like, I know we've talked about this um, several times on this podcast is 
like that evil that is out there that people tend to forget about. There's there's a different kind of um, love and brotherhood with people that are willing to go headfirst into that evil without even fucking thinking about it, trusting one another that, that they're going to have each other's backs. Yes. So so that, that brotherhood is fucking, it's, it's a, something that, you know, you can't experience unless you're in it. You were in a college locker room. Oh, yeah. I was in a college locker room. Yeah. Uh, we know people that, you know, have been in professional locker rooms, but there's nothing like the Brotherhood of Police Officers. Not, it's man. not the same. When yeah. I got hurt, um, and, it, you know, I was on the mat, so to speak, so many guys made sure I had firewood that we had. Hell, there was a point in time when work comp stopped paying me, and I didn't have to worry about anything. And that, guys, and that's also, um, I need to touch on, like, you were in a dark place to the point where you weren't asking for any fucking help. No. And you were actually, like, I I even re- reached out to you a couple times, and I didn't hear back from you for days. Yeah. So, you know, that was just some stuff that you were going through, too. But to know that, that you still weren't alone, like, and I think you knew that, obviously. Um, well, you do. Uh, but remembering it. Obviously, being a police officer, I knew the path I was going down. Sure. And I didn't care. Right. I, and, you know, I have two beautiful daughters. I have a beautiful wife. I have a great life but at that point in time i really didn't give a damn i was you know um and i can't explain uh what started leading me down that path other than probably losing my identity as a police officer but yeah i didn't give a damn uh guys would call me i wouldn't get back to them days didn't care um there was a point in time um, when I was uh, taking, I was abusing pills. Um, well, you had so much pain going yeah. with your back. I mean, I remember you couldn't yeah. walk. You couldn't even function with your family. You do anything and everything you can. Just It's day by day at that point. You don't give a damn about tomorrow. Right. So, you know, I was, they had me on, I say I was abusing pills. Well, they... I allowed them to give me enough to kill a fucking elephant. Sure. So I'm going to tell you guys what I was on, and I've never made this public, but I think I'm going to today. My man. So I was on 100 micrograms uh, patches a day of um, shit we call that stuff. It's like the most powerful patch medication you can get. Fentanyl? Fentanyl. Yeah. 100 micrograms of that. 10, well, it'd been 100 Sorry milligrams you, of oxycodone. Sorry, if you can hear a kid in the background, he's playing Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> so 100 milligrams of oxycodone. Then there was, you know, there was some uh, morphine pills in there as well. There was Lyrica thrown in there. So I was on enough to kill an elephant. All in a day? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you were a zombie at this. Yeah. And I allowed it. I allowed the doctors to put me on that. And that's, you know, where I say I was abusing it because I took it. You know, I, I, there were days, you know, prescribed 10 oxycodone pills. I'd take 12, you know, and then mm-hmm. pay for it the next day. Sure. But it didn't matter. It's living from day to day. So anyway, I was in a very dark fucking place. And I think, uh, you know, that call with, with Ryan is what kind of started the whole thing. Um, but 
Well, and I'm sure it's a collection of just the smaller stuff throughout your, how many years of career? 20 something? 20, yeah. 20, 20 year career. I mean, a lot of crap. just in the, our few years that we've had, I mean, we've experienced things, you know, maybe, and I have also the flashlight, but, you know, smaller things that you kind of just throw in the back of your mind that, again, um, you throw in the back of your mind and you, you just kind of, you kind of lock it away. But I think maybe at some point that stuff's got to start building. You know what I mean? It Especially does. if you don't do anything about it and we'll touch on some things that we i i, I want to pick your brain as some ideas for that in the future but um yeah not to cut you off again well i'm PTSD, really good at that i think know. ptsd is very prevalent in law enforcement you know yeah. it it doesn't take many calls going and seeing child abuse and beaten wives and repeat uh, sex offenders, repeat DUI offenders. It doesn't take many of those calls to really start making you wonder why Absolutely. the hell am I doing this? Am I really making a difference? Right. You know, and and you know, I've talked about this about every forty four years in law enforcement. I I felt like I needed a change, so I would go from. Uh, you know, from patrol to narcotics investigations, from there to Mattoon back. So I went back to patrol. You know, so about every four years, I felt like I needed something to yeah. just give me another reason to sure. keep doing it. And after a while, you uh, stop finding reasons to keep doing it. So it's just kind of the mundane, you know, mm-hmm. keep going to work. It's not like, you know, people think that. Well, it's not a factory job, so at least it's not that mundane thing. Well, but it does get mundane. It can. You know, oh, yeah. Absolutely. They can wear you down quick, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. guys are probably still dealing with some of the same oh, knuckleheads sure. I dealt with. Yeah, I, I, I guarantee you. Know. it. And <laughs> they're kin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, they're reproducing yeah. at a high rate. <laughs> yeah, faster than we are. And uh, it just wears you down after a while. And if you don't find a productive good way to deal with it an evil way will find you and uh very quickly yeah too many obviously last year 228 police officers took their own lives it's crazy that's absurd like 100 it's down this year thank god that which know, is incredible because of everything you know, that's gone on yeah. yeah i know i it's saying it's down because of the epidemic and i'm like well, it doesn't really make any sense, but I'm glad, yeah. whatever yeah. the freaking Take reason it. is. Well, you got the epidemic, but then you got all the other crap going on. Right, in, yeah. Right. Police Be- officers. So yeah. how is that, I don't understand how that would balance or Didn't, lower anything. I mean, I'm glad, obviously, but I just... Didn't some of the big cities, their police officers quit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, just, several yeah. just... Oh, yeah. So yeah. maybe that's another uh, reason, too. And you almost, you almost can't yeah. blame them. Well, the think they about go well, through, man. I agree with that, but just think about it. The type of person... That will up and give up on their brothers and sisters. Those are probably the type of people that should that may have led down to the path of taking sure. their life. Yeah, so absolutely. maybe that has something to do with the universe people. working itself out. Maybe that's a good point that I've never even thought about. Yeah, you know, because because that because sorry, um, that like you said, you get to the point where you know the job becomes mundane. Where probably the only thing you looked forward to coming to work was to be with your brothers. It was that was the only reason you wanted to be there. The only reason. So, because yeah. you knew you were going to deal with some of the same BS that you've been dealing with for years. Right. So, you knew that even if all this shit was going on in the world, that you still wouldn't walk out willingly on your brothers. No, I mean, I had to be from by saying that. sent home, you know, right. uh, 
Chief Branson saw me walking out to the squad car that day, and he's like, buddy, I can't do this anymore. You know, just dragging my right leg, and I had been for a long time, but yeah. it's just... I remember that day. I can't imagine quitting on my brothers and sisters like that. It, I, you know, I had to be forced to go to the bench. It's all right. You know, I'll sit on the bench, and I'll, you know, I'll coach from the bench, but uh, just to give up and, no. Well, I think, and I think that's a reason why myself and probably other people like me looked up to you so much, you know, because there's, there's guys on, you know, departments that are in leadership positions that don't have that effect on people. Well, and that is a major issue in law enforcement that, you know, today, it was, it was when I started and it remains yeah. to be the leadership uh, issues in law enforcement are vast. And that's, you know, you have pressure from uh, the suspects you're dealing with. You have pressure from, uh, so I call that from the bottom. So then you have pressure from the top with the administration for coming sure. down on your ass yeah. for whatever it may be that day. And then uh, you have pressures at home, you know. And a lot of times uh, people don't take the time to deal with those pressures at home. Right. We try to deal with the one, because, you know, you have, it's like a juggling act, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but I can't fucking juggle yeah, yeah. well. That was, that was <laughs> shit. Yeah. There's right? a reason I'm not in the circus, but. <laughs> exactly. You know, I look like I could be in circus, but I, I can't juggle very well, so I don't know what I would I do. I will say I'm kind of upset you didn't rock the headband today. <laughs> I was hoping for a hippie vibe. <laughs> I'll pull it back and put it in ponytail. My man. <laughs> no, I, so we deal with the uh, the suspect pressure at work. You know the pressure that the suspect put us under. We deal with the pressures or try, attempt to with the pressures that the administration gives us, and then we don't attend to the ones at home. And unfortunately, uh, the ways that we deal with those pressures are mostly alcohol. Sure. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of guys I know to this day, you know, they'll just try to hammer it away with alcohol. You know, pills. That's a that's yeah. a huge still too. And I'm sure marijuana is just gigantic now because there's just more access to it and, mm-hmm. and it's legal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I obviously do it for medicinal purposes, but, you know, there are probably ones that do it that probably shouldn't. But, and maybe that's something that needs to be explored, too. Sure. You know, because that helped me deal with a lot of the issues. Right. And like you're talking, and and I think what you're kind of leaning to is that once you start doing that stuff, you start neglecting the things that are important, which is your family and stuff like that. So, um, so I, I I know in the first podcast I got a lot of shit because I said I said a comment about not giving a shit about divorce and giving more more of a shit about you know suicide rate. I didn't mean it that harsh because I know that those kind of go well, hand in hand sometimes. That that suicide rate was more important to me than just the divorce rate. But I then I start thinking I'm like, well, that could be a cause yeah. or, or whatever, yeah, you know, a, a root to why that eventually yeah. got to that point. So I kind of need to re redact that statement a little bit. Um, because you start neglecting everything else in your life, and then obviously your marriage or whatever could have a, a negative effect, and then then obviously the, the potential. Well, regress. I think one of the reasons that you guys started this podcast was to kind of vent and to Absolutely. find a way to deal with of all course. the stressors, yep. and that's why you guys are hunters. Well, yep. and right. and yep. so exactly, yeah, and and I got a couple of ways I want to go with this, but um, we'll do a kind of our transition, but 
and I know we've talked about this about you know um, therapeutic sessions through talking to counselors or whatever like guys like us just can't fucking do that sometimes right. you know because of pride yes and I and there's it's it's not a secret and I think we need to talk about it um, you know so for us I think this is our therapeutic yes. thing where like you know I don't I'll be honest I don't know that uh, I'm not I wouldn't be opposed to it but i don't know that sitting down with somebody that i don't know and just kind of talking about i don't i don't know how i would do with that sitting here and talking to my guys and and my brothers and even if it's about fucking hunting or whatever yeah. it is like this has been so therapeutic for me it's like this quad room right oh absolutely I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. you just have a microphone in front of and you then you if other people exactly. can benefit from that then yes. fuck yeah Absolutely, and I think you know that's the point for me writing the book. I, I didn't do it to get rich, obviously. Right. I try. I'm trying to get uh, I got you, dog. message out there of there is an issue with mental wellness and law enforcement, and we need to deal with it now. I think it's the root of a lot of issues that are going on in America right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we don't deal with it now, then it's going to continue to get worse in the future. I so, think, unfortunately. So, knowing what, kind of piggybacking off what I just said and the type of mentality of the, the men and women you usually get in law enforcement, how do you see that happening? Because, like I said, I, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed, but I'm not going to go volunteer myself to go talk to whatever, you know. Well, there yeah. would have to be a, a, a mandate because nobody's going to do it voluntarily because sure. you can already do it voluntarily. Sure. Yep. There, it would have to be some type of weaved into some type of training sure. yearly. Yeah. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, monthly. And, or, and I think I, I remember hearing yearly. this from your barstool um, interview where you talked about how we have to train with a firearm yes. multiple times a year, but we never train our minds and we use our minds every single day on the job. Whereas how many times do we use our gun on the job? Hopefully never, yeah, hopefully, never. hopefully never, but, and there's always that option, but use your mind every day, every day, using your mouth every day. Yeah. That's, and that's our biggest weapon is our, is our mind. So it's gotten me out of so many, you've seen it and oh, been yeah. there. You've witnessed it, gotten me out of so many issues that could have turned real nasty. Absolutely. Um, even something like meditation, something like that, but it would have to be woven into some type of mandated training because sure. otherwise nobody's going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I see, agree. I, I see myself personally. I don't want to go talk to somebody I don't know. I don't want to go in and sit with some psychiatrist and she analyzes everything I'm saying. Or he. Or he, whatever you want to, whatever, it don't matter. Yeah. But I would rather sit down with a commander that I respect and and that I talk to anyway. Yeah. I would rather sit down and talk to a brother about an issue well, or like, something versus just a random person. Let me know? throw this at you. Every department has retirees, and there are retirees out there that you know would be willing to talk to other. Yeah. You know, so the first thing that I think of as soon as you say that, to be. as soon as you say that, the first thing I think of is, um, you know especially in the older generation, I think it is frowned upon to show feelings. Definitely. So how do you see that with younger officers who maybe want to reach out? Um, and like you said, the retirees, some grumpy old dude that, you know, couldn't wait to get off the job. Yeah. How do I approach that guy and talk to him without him calling me a pussy? And 
you know, I, I don't know. That's just the first thing that popped into my mind. Well, there are, uh, you know, because there's not very many, there's not very many Vandys in the world. There's not, but there. Thank God for that. But <laughs> there, there are those that would, and you know, there's a generational difference. There's no doubt. Uh, my generation is probably the first generation that's made it okay to go to counseling, seek help for sure. your issues. We're teaching our kids that. We're, you know, getting our kids into counseling early. Um, we're teaching, you know, a commander that's worth a damn, you know, they're teaching their younger officers those sorts of things, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and they'll, they'll be able to, you know, analyze their guys and say, hey, something's up with him. I need to pull him aside. It needs to be more prevalent. Sure. Uh, I... You know, I think I'd people be, like to ignore it. I'd be a hypocrite if I were to tell you that I would have done it five years ago. There ain't no way. Right. Yeah. You couldn't have forced me, like you said. Yeah. You couldn't have forced me into a room with somebody no. I don't know. I'm, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't. I would prefer reach out to a brother, yeah. you know, versus yeah. something like that. And the that. problem that uh, with me, anyway, was that I did that. But it was always over booze. <laughs> there was always yeah, alcohol. Yeah, mixing other stuff with it. Yeah. It was never just, you know. Uh, like this. Like this. Yeah. You know, just sitting around chilling and one of us drinking. Um, but it has to be done. Otherwise, we're going to continue to see the you know, divorce rate go through the roof. The suicide rate go through the roof. The complaints go through the roof. Um the, police officers are not evil folks. Mm-hmm. There are. Can you say that again. We are not. <laughs> For the people in the back. Well, you know, we joke about it, but we get into this, most of us, to make a difference. Absolutely. Not to just carry a gun and drive fast yeah. and look cool in a uniform. We do it to make a difference. And um, when we're not taking care of ourselves, how are we going to take care of other folks? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Kind of go off of what you said a little minute or a minute ago about, you hey, know, Clint, welcome to the podcast. having that, <laughs> that uh, you know, the grumpy retiree sure. that just wanted to get off the job. I, I think, I guess I can only really speak for our department, but I feel like maybe with the exception of a few, we have a pretty, pretty tight knit, pretty close department. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a lot of good guys, especially yeah. a lot of good guys that have a lot of uh, seniority. I think that, us, I feel like we would probably be pretty fortunate if we were ever in that position where we needed to reach oh, out yeah. to somebody where I, I think agree. a lot of the guys would take us up on that opportunity without hesitation. You I know agree, what I mean? for sure. Well, I mean, they from were... the very top, I think, mm-hmm. even, I, I mean, I I come from a different background anyway, from the stinking factory life, the redundant sure. crap that is not even worth talking about, but... I came here, and I instantly felt a part of a family. I mean, the administration made Isn't me feel one of... Sorry. I got five bucks. Let me get it. No, no. I don't need five bucks. I'll pay back. But anyway. Yeah, pizza coming? Yeah. Villa. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really important. Out here? Yeah. How much you need? No, uh, five's good. I'll be right back. You, you guys a, keep going. You need going. a tip, probably. Yeah. But See, as I was old, farts always carry cash. <laughs> you always Generation plastic. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly like I was saying, to me, it feels like a big family. Even from the very top to the chief all the way down. I feel like I could go talk to any one of them guys. I know certain guys got different opinions or whatever from different experiences. I don't know, but that's my take on it. And I, I feel like it's a, a great department that we're on that would do anything for you. And they've 
helped me on what little things I've had come up, you know, grandparents passing away, whatever, they reach out to you and they're trying to do anything they can to help you. And I've, I've never had that for my life in a job. And I have been beyond thrilled. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm happier than I've ever been at doing this. Luckily, I haven't had certain instances pop up that have scarred me at some point. But I know as soon as something happens to a kid or a major accident, I'm not going to be very good for a while. Yeah. You know, because those kid things really... They'll fuck you up. Oh, my gosh. Well, and that's the thing, you know, you're willing to talk to someone... You know, your generation is more willing than yeah. than the one before. And definitely for my parents, you know, it wasn't something they look, would do. But it's those that won't go talk to somebody that need to be grabbed. You know, it's not it's not a secret that, uh, you know, Matt Toon had a suicide um, several years ago. Um and that, that, you know, that, that rocked us. Within the department. Within the department. Yeah. That's what, 10, 12 years ago? That would have been, yeah. I was, I was in investigations. We were in high school, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, I was in investigations and got the phone call. Travis actually called me and said, hey, we got to go in. And I said, why? And he said that there, you know, there'd be a suicide. And I'm like, well, Wire. Yeah. What's different? Wire, wire both <laughs> of us. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that um, state police ended up working it, but the chief at the time made us kind of, you know, guard the door, this sort of thing. Sure. And, uh, I was at the house, and, you know, I saw things that I should not have seen. Right. Um, it wasn't. It changes whenever it's one of those brothers. It wasn't. You, how many people yeah. had you seen to that point in your career who had? committed suicide that would have been the third oh that was okay but not that was the closest i mean it wasn't i'm saying any kind of call suicide call stuff like that i mean throughout your entire career that was number three. Oh, you mm-hmm. mean yeah no I'm not people you officers. know no, no, no just yeah just people you oh, know jesus christ yeah you probably yeah. can't even count no so no, it changes no. when you know that and, and then it's that brother that we talked about yeah so yeah and he, it wasn't you know three months before uh, Travis and I were working a murder suicide, and he was helping me write the warrants. And we were talking about how dumb suicide was. Hmm. And, you know, it just you just never know. Yeah, you never know the demons. Mm-hmm. Somebody's in, no, you know, and that's you know that's that's what I call them too, demons. You know, you just yeah. slay them, slay them fucking demons. Well, a lot, a lot of times I talk about this, and I would, I touched, and I kind of left the conversation real quick. But um, we talk about that the type of mentality that guys like us have it always takes me back to my college days on the wrestling team um i don't know if this surprises anybody but i got myself in a little bit of academic troubles (laughs) so i always had to go to study tables um and i wasn't alone it was a lot of the wrestling team so they would have tutors come to the study tables to help us out but we would never ask for it so finally the coach just lost his shit one night one time he's like something about you wrestlers think that you just have to do it all yourself he's like you have people here that are specifically here to help you out and all you have to do is ask and you can't even do that a type a personality oh yeah, yeah. and i and I, it, every time i think about law enforcement in that same situation i think back to that those words yeah. that my coach said it's, sure. it's too much fucking pride so let, let loose your pride a little bit. You, you, know? you have to. So, okay, get back to where 
you were beginning your career. I was ending mine. Sure. And I think you were off of FTO, right? Yep. Okay. How long had you been off FTO? When was all this? We're talking. Was this April? We're talking. Let's talk about the spring of. 2016. Are we talking about the flashlight incident? Let's talk about the spring of 2016, where you were off of FTO, right? I I started by myself um, off FTO like January 2nd of that year, of 2016. Yeah, so, so I started like I started a whole year fresh. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of like, four, four, three, four months by yeah. myself. And I kind of. Took you under my wing once you were released, and yep. thank God. Yeah, and then uh, there were some incidents that happened. There was a you know suicide on the job that you know I saw that uh, that bothered me, sure. and then flashlight incident yep. where uh, you know that we just briefly discussed. Sure, and then uh, you had arrested a lady. That was still in ship from Walmart. Right. And the very next shift after the, the flashlight. Very next shift after, you know, I got my bell rung. and I think we had two days off, and then this was the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So I was working an investigation of a Walmart theft. Yeah. Routine, right? Routine. As yeah. they always say. Yeah. So How many of those have I worked in my short career at that point? Probably several. Pentecostal lady. You know, yeah. one of those church-going ladies. Oh, I remember you, this one. You yeah. never just going to have issues with. Well, you never heard the story? No, I never heard this. In booking room, right? Yeah. 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 Now, you interviewed her by yourself first, right? Yep. yep. And then... I think she confessed to me. She confessed. Which it's taking hard her to, to not. The booking, yeah, right. Taking her to the booking <laughs> room and uh, just... Well, we didn't know anything. We, we're we're thinking... Procedure. You know, we're thinking... That oh, this is a very, this very yeah, religious woman, older, you know, not yeah. super old, but she was kind of older. Like, she just it's messed probably up. Probably her 60s. Like, like maybe 60s. she just kind of, like, stealing stuff or whatever. Like, not a bad person. Yeah. Right. So, just going lady. Yeah. yeah like, so, we had it in our minds, like, you know, innocent-ish. So, we get into booking. <clears throat> you treat them a little differently. I mean, I mean... Not, yeah. not saying like in a negative uh, way. I'm saying you may... More freedom-ish. Uh, well, it, you're not... I think what you're touching on is like a searching process. Yeah. And so kind of, she was kind of like, let your guard down. Not like, yes. Like yes. I will say yes. Exactly. Yes. exactly. Yes. yes. But this, this female was also wearing a dress because this was this religious. Yeah. Um, whatever. Pentecostal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if that's what word, for yeah, sure. But, right. but she wore a dress, so there were no pockets to search or whatever. So. One or the other. Well, we. <laughs> way, it doesn't matter. It was a follower of God. <laughs> so, um, you know, we get to the booking process and then I pull up. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I'll run her, her criminal history, and I see that she has a prior conviction for a theft-related case, or charge, which in Illinois, if you have one conviction for a theft-related charge, your next charge is automatically a felony, which means she had to go to jail. Yeah. There was no discretion there. So... It's like a, a light switch. A light switch. Flip. She she was nice, innocent, um, told her, hey... Um, you know, you did this before, yeah. It's okay, well, that makes this a felony. Like, you have to go to jail. And she stayed calm. She was very calm. She did, but I, I got to thinking, you know. Yeah, looking back now. It's different, yeah. Well, so, it's easy to play money more quarterback on yeah, the Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, 
She had to take a piss. Yeah, well, no, she said she had irritable bowel syndrome. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She had to take a dump. And she wanted to go there. So, <laughs> so the, the booking room has a common bathroom Yeah. Um, that can't be locked, thank God. Um, but she was in there. She was using the restroom. She was washing her hands, and then she was using the paper towel. You'd hear the toilet flushing. You'd hear the water running. You'd hear the toilet paper thing. So this went on for what five or ten minutes. Uh, it heard. was at least ten minutes. We were yeah. verbally checking on her. Hey, yeah, are you doing okay? Just She'd always respond. Her, yeah. She was she was calm. Then she started singing church hymns. Yeah. And I thought, what the fuck's going on in there? So I told her, I said, you you know, you got about thirty seconds, and I'm coming in. And I remember she she said it multiple times. She said, "I've made a mess in here. You're not going to want to see it." <laughs> no, I'm kidding. thinking it was shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but when I opened the door, I got hit with this. Smell of iron, you know. Oh yeah. It looked like somebody had slaughtered a hog and swung it around in there. Her, so she had, she had hit a knife in her bra, which we had no fucking no. idea. And so she had dug it into her wrists, blood squirting everywhere. So I immediately, I, I think I got paper towels. Did, yeah. Went to her wrist and hollered at you. You know. Well, I was right behind you at that point. Yeah. When you opened the door, I saw the red tent of the room. Yeah, ambulance. And it was like. uh those horror movies where you know somebody gets chainsawed in a room and it's just sprayed red. The most everywhere. blood I'd seen. Oh my god! Still so this is the shift right after we just went through the crazy shit with Ryan. Oh, yeah. um, and then we get hit with that. So I remember you texted me not much long after that it happened. Like, oh my god! Yeah, I was like, are you kidding me, dude? I can't imagine what you were thinking because you hadn't been an officer very long. We just got. Hammer. We did, and I think luckily I was new enough that it it didn't it didn't bother me the way it did you. I will guarantee you that. Um, did it bother me a little bit? Absolutely. How could it not? Um, I know. I remember to backtrack to Ryan. Like you talked about that rage that you felt for that person. Like I've always had a very very calm personality. Um, you can you can push some limits and I'll stay calm, but. I will say there was a lot of rage that night in myself that didn't calm yes. down. They should not have had me out of that hospital, and they did, because he right. was because he was two doors down from Ryan. Yeah, and I, I I'm honest, I probably shouldn't have been there, but it, I stayed calm. And, he swallowed his meth, right? Yes, he overdosed, or we believe. He I don't know if you ever talked about it, but <clears throat> yeah, he overdosed right as we were getting on top. Little of him. did we know, we saved his life. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Because, you know, had it been a few more minutes, he'd have been gone, though. But, yeah, we've got the ambulance there. Sipo's got family pictures. Yep, got to keep uh, the wife happy. Happy wife, happy life. That's what they say. Hey, it's so, great to talk to you. Yes, mother. I'm glad you came by. I wish I could stay longer and hey, hear some more stories. I'm glad to hear you take care of home life first. Yes, that's, that's what matters. That's what we got to take care yes, of. Yes, sir. That's my... Appreciate the book and everything, and man, I'd like to sign it catch up with you. you yeah, sign this bad boy. Get, get that vanity don't, on there. The pen don't don't mind all the fucking smears. and. There ain't no goddamn smears. Yep. Here's the other GD. No. I brought it. Oh, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I could have a picture of that in there. Damn. <laughs> oh, gosh. Clint, you want to talk? You haven't done yeah, much. Yeah, we can pause it, can't you? Oh, yeah, you can, but we're, we don't pause. Yeah, we, we don't pause. We don't cut out. This is who we are, buddy. Hey, we're raw. 
I like the hat. Yeah, you about take you about take it. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah, the the picture's been posted on the IDs. Stupid. I get screwed and then I just. There's thing about doing like Facebook live or something like that, like just a segment here and there. I don't know. Oh yeah. We have no idea where this all is gonna go. We're just boys. We just roll with it. We're we're to the point. See effect. I think you can't say that word on there. I said fat ass. I'm going to the bathroom real quick. Where are you coming from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you called me something else. Good job, dude. You just turn the knob what there, dog. What are you doing to us here? Vandy, where are you? Oh, yeah, you got to press it out. All right. <laughs> um, you got that. Well, we'll hard transition here back to hunting then. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know if this is the right, the right time. We'll just we'll throw the old pause on then. Stand by. What got, all right, there we go. We're rolling. There we go. Right, we're going again. Um, Get some. All right, so yeah, I mean that was that was a really rough. Uh, I think we were still on that bathroom thing. Yes. Um, yes. Pretty pretty rough. Two two shifts in a row for me. Well, um, and it, it's made, now. it's you know like you said, it affected me completely different than it affected you, and that shows you the differences of you know where we are, were in our career. Sure. Well, that and I think like you said. Shortly after that, you had your career kind of ripped away from you. You right. had you had to walk away when you weren't ready. Yeah, it was only about three weeks after that, maybe two. That you know the incident happened where I blew a disc out of my back. You know, so you know I replay it that whole spring over and over and over in my mind. You know, I've had four years to do it, and it makes me wonder if my headspace had more to do with me. Blowing my back out, then I sure you know because I, I think if those there. things happened prior, you know, years in the past, would it still have probably affected you negatively? Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. that's your last memory as a cop. Yeah, it's not it's not a pleasant one. No. So it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. How did the back injury happen? I don't either. I don't know, or I just don't remember. Well, he's seven foot tall, so that doesn't. I, I didn't know if it the one that put me out was I. Uh, we were going to arrest somebody that was at their parents' house, wasn't supposed to be there. Greg Grissom, that's it. I shouldn't say his name, but uh, it, I don't think it matters. Like you said, it's, still, it's, still it's, still it's public knowledge. Yeah, you know, yeah so exactly. anybody can go look it up. But anyway, we're, he wasn't supposed to be there. Me and Lil Kepley were going to arrest him. And I walked across the boulevard, and there's a a hole there that you couldn't see it because you know that's right. it was just yeah. full of the you know yeah. it just looked level yeah and of course I wasn't looking I was scanning the house sure. you know because he's a known drug abuse and you oh, know yeah. and he, and he wanted to run or fight he's very unpredictable and, yeah, yeah unpredictable type soul just like any other call you know not bashing him in any way shape or form but it's just you're scanning like you're taught to do. I stepped in a hole. Um, my lower part was still facing south, and then I, my upper part spun around and immediately. It felt like somebody I shot I remember me. now that you said it. I just, yeah, I guess I'd forget. But that's on top of already having back issues yeah. from your yeah. past. Yeah. I mean, like so, you said, you're seven foot tall, so that comes with its yeah. own issues, and then you've had injuries throughout the job yeah. with that. So well, it's wrestling up. with people. Wrestling, I mean, you, oh, yeah. you know, sure. Here in 20 years, you guys are going to have some battle stars. Hey, I've been wrestling for... Fuck. Well, I'm talking about on the job. I know. It's, it's but a little different. Still, it is a little bit different, yeah. but I still got my... At least you know already. what you're doing. I still feel like an old man. 
Yeah, I can't imagine. I've been restless since I was four. At least you know what you're doing. You know how to fall. You know, it probably helps you on the job, too. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Knocking a lot of that injury-prone yeah, stuff is, is knowing how to fall on her. Yeah, you're right. So. Well, I would say probably the, the, you know, if I had to pick my favorite part of my career, it was probably working in East Tef. Okay. Because that... Uh, what we were doing, you know, at the time, we had 150 meth labs a year. And yeah, then, those are the days of the meth labs, man. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. It was wild. And then, you know, <clears throat> that went away once they made some laws that finally made it almost possible for you to buy enough pseudo. Mm-hmm. We started to see a lot of cocaine, so I did some undercover buys and stuff like that. So it was the greatest time. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I, I think that'd be so fun to do. Oh, man. You what know, sucks, because, well, not sucks, but... It's a good problem not to have anymore is not yeah. having to deal with meth labs. Well, but I'm the undercover true. buy type stuff. I right, I know, but pretty, pretty cool. I but mean, man, I you, remember stories. I can only about, imagine the the, oh the rush you feel during that. It would be wow. ridiculous. I can't, I can't imagine. It'd be ridiculous. So I mean, I get I get a rush knowing that we're getting ready to go yeah. kick in a door, and yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, make an arrest and try to secure evidence and everything else before it gets flushed or whatever. Yeah. So. Back in that day, we had this. It looked. It was a pager. You remember pagers? Oh yeah, if you're too old. I you're carried one for a while. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I carried yeah, one for a while. But no, it, it, if you pushed it, Calvary came kicking in the door, and I had to one one time, and it, you know, talk about a rush. Yeah, oh, man, I can imagine the ten seconds it took for them to kick the door was long as ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, but we'll save that story for another podcast. Yeah, for sure. That's a long one, but well, to man, I don't know if I should touch on this topic real quick. Um, cause I want to kind of tie it into hunting and a, a point that you, you talked about, um, you know, you said about four or five years, every four or five years, you kind of hit a rut. Yeah. And I'll, I, so this is probably the first time I've ever really kind of talked about this to a whole lot of people, but I feel like I did that. Yeah. Um, you know, I went, um, my first year, second year, third year, um, and then my fourth year. I mean, I, I was fucking balls to the wall. Um, I think in, yes, just, I was just going, if it had to do with methamphetamine, I was after it. And it was an everyday thing. It was when I was off duty. <laughs> it, it rubbed off. On, yeah. You're right. People. It was, it was sure. off duty. It was, you know, me and Beth couldn't drive to the store <laughs> without taking back roads. Cause I'm like, I got to see what cars at this house. And I would remember that car and that license plate and the dent in the back of the fender and remember that car. So when I could see it, drive. like yeah. it consumed my entire life. Burn you out. And quick, it did. It? Um, because I think a, a big issue was a lot of the people that I was working so hard to, tear down because they're tearing down my community were just getting fucking let right back out and it, it was almost disheartening and then you know you got to do you don't you don't arrest them every time you talk to them so i'd pull somebody over four or five times and i'm getting motherfucked the whole time and i got lucky once or twice and got them and then they're let right back out so i feel like that got super frustrating to me yeah. and it kind of burned me out to where i was going so hard putting all my effort into it um so i needed a break and i think hunting luckily came into my life again at that right time where and yeah that's to clan i mean he kind of pressured me back into it that's good um and it it, it just now it's a fucking wildfire where i'm having other issues Uh, and i'm not trying to toot my own horn but i and if you don't agree say so but when I came on and started kind of following your lead on as far as the 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 drugs war against meth if you want to call it that once I kind of learned the ropes and started recognizing, like what you said, those cars, those people, right. those locations, sure. 
I feel like maybe it kind of took at least. I mean, you still were going out there hammering it. Oh, it when, took even a you did huge... it all the time. But I mean, I think it took probably a little bit of that weight off oh your shoulder, God, knowing you did. had another guy that loved going out there trying to get that. One hundred percent. Well, yeah. that bonds you guys even. It, it did. absolutely did. Yeah, it, yeah. And no matter what the other guy was doing, the other we, yeah. we always knew that a couple minutes we would look back and the other guy was going to be there. That was awesome. But yes, you are you are absolutely one hundred percent correct. One conversation you and I had that still sticks in my mind, and this is I don't know how many been at least a couple years, if not more than that, but. Uh, I remember there was a point in time where you told me, you know, it was it was kind of nice when when we would both be come to work, start our shift. You had some paperwork or, or something to do, and I would go out. You were confident that, you know, if you could handle the shit I, on I your could, own, I could handle it. And if if there was something good going on, I would know where to find it. Right. You know, I would find it, and I would let you know, and then we'd go get sure. into something together. Because so. there for a while, I had to hold your fucking hand. <laughs> Everybody Baby needs stuff. somebody no, to yeah. you know. Especially in this job, man. Yeah, yeah. Got to have an anchor. No, but sorry. So back to that point. Um, but yeah, that I that's very true. Um, that helped me a lot. But um, hunting kind of came back into my life at, at the perfect time where I was. I needed something to kind of take a little bit of my my thought process because not that it would have t- turned super negative. Um, well, I'm glad you chose a healthy outlet, like I said, because yeah. if not, an evil one will find. Well, you. Depending on who you're talking Every to. Time. It's not super healthy. I mean, I, I feel like there's an extreme to everything, and, and I tend to take that. But, I mean, honestly, 2020 has been a, kind of a fucking rough year, and so I'm glad I do oh, have really? hunting. Yeah, uh, the whole Vince, or not Vince, uh, Ben Harrington thing, I, I think. Sure. You, you listen to that podcast. You yeah. know, like we said, um, tragedies become a part of our normal Definitely. normal life, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it changes, and it even changed that night um, when I got to that crash. Um, I didn't recognize that as Ben's truck. He had gotten a new truck. And, uh, so I just see a guy in there that's, that's not looking good. And I'm like, I don't think this guy's going to make it. And it wasn't like I was careless, I guess. Uh, it wasn't, we're, we just get numb to that. You know, as cops, we, we get numb to death and tragedies. Well, how many times have you been on a call or, you know, even a murder scene, but any death scene, we're all standing around making jokes you have because to. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the way to get through mm-hmm. it. So, and I remember it was it was just pouring ass rain down, and so I go to the porch of a house that Ryan was standing at, um, and he's like Ben Harrington, and I'm like, mm-hmm. ain't the fucking Ben Harrington I know because I saw right. his truck. He got a new truck, and then I go down there and I see it. You know, they pull it. They finally got him out, and I see it's him, and then it yeah, it changes everything when you know him. So that fucking sucked, and. So luckily, I've had something to really kind of direct any kind of negative that could have come and could still come or whatever from that kind of stuff. So, um, like I said, too much of anything can probably be a little unhealthy, but um, I'm definitely glad that I found this. Everything in moderation, they say. Sure, absolutely. But I don't do... do, Oh, it is. Hunting's not for everybody. But I tell you what, there's something to be said for going out, sitting there, listening, watching wildlife, just... Fresh air, yep. you know what I mean? Sunshine, Most of the time, maybe. you don't yes. get to shoot anything, but it's just exactly. being out there and it seeing is. nature. And even when you do get the opportunity, you the if you're like Absolutely. me, you miss. Well, that <laughs> happens. No, so, yeah. Ain't man, nobody it's, it's really awesome. if they, they say that, they're damn liars. Liars. Yeah. <laughs> yep, so. All right, man, Vandy, 
Fuck yeah. I'm glad you got in yeah, here. Um, fin- you coming in. Glad we finally, awesome. we finally got our shit together and got you in here. We had yeah. we had a lot of issues going. This guy probably had COVID, but he never got tested. Whoa. So that, and then we're, <laughs> we're, better though, yeah. we're right in, into hunting season. So yeah, getting in here has been it. very last minute. Um, luckily, every day is Saturday for well, you. It is. We kind of bounced around. I, you know, I'm glad you guys had me here. I'm sure I'll come back. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I think yeah, I think you have listen me. to a lot more stories. But, yeah. Well, and I think we've talked Story about Time with Uncle Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> another, I was just sitting back another episode. Of, it's, it's interesting, really. episode of Vandyland. So, you know, I'd really like to dissect the book even more if that's something that you Certainly. would like to do in the future. But, you know, that's all. Like, it's pretty funny. Uh, he texted me yesterday whenever I told him that we were going to record tonight. And he's like, so is this a... Uh, we have some kind of itinerary. We're just going to go with the show. <laughs> I called him. I, said, I think I called you. I said, yeah. Uh, we we don't have an itinerary on anything in our lives, let alone this. We're going to just sit down and we're going to have a really good core, or not core, good raw conversation because that's what we are. Like you so. said, it's, it's kind of just like the squad room, man. Yeah. Sit around. And obviously, you know, I have this book that we talk about, but it's still great just to sit around just bullshitting with you guys, no matter the topic. I don't care what it is. Yep. It's it a is. good so. time. So. Nope, I love it. I, I love you. I appreciate you coming in. Um, you, you know, I, I, it feels good to know that if I ever do need to reach out to somebody that I got you, for sure. Um, yeah, and that's, that's another thing, you know, uh, if you are having issues, just seek help. Um, if you uh, don't have somebody, you know, don't want to go like we were talking about to a uh, professional, so to speak, go you can find somebody, whether it's your pastor, whether it's a friend, somebody that's been there, done that. You know, an old timer like me, man. I'll I'll sit and talk to any, you know, uh, any police officer that's having issues. I'm not gonna say I've been there, done that, but I probably probably have a story or two. So <laughs> I, I'll I'll be there for you guys. Any of you, man. Any like of you I guys said, out there in Blue Land? Yeah, I mean, like I said at the very beginning, I you know I. I I like bringing people in here who I feel like are specialists or whatever at that particular um, subject that we're talking about, and you you get that way by going through it. So yeah. I dove into the topic head first. Man. Yeah. So <laughs> with my life, glad you came out, you came out and rose above, and and now you're you're turning it into positive, and you're trying to change people's sure. lives, and you're going to work with us on doing that. We get um, that message out there. Excited for this, man. So um, yeah. A quick plug real quick, um, if you're listening to this and you have social media and you're not already following us, uh, ways to find us um, on Instagram, we are bluetail underscore bowhunters. On Facebook, I believe if you just search bluetail bowhunters, uh, bluetail yeah. being one word, um, and then bowhunters is also one word, bluetail bowhunters. Follow us on that stuff. Um, you'll then be able to keep up with what we're doing. I kind of run most of the Instagram stuff. I post on the story a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Um, so it's a good, uh, easy way to follow us. At some point, we're trying to work towards getting some merchandise and stuff like that, and maybe getting a website up. So we'll see. We'll see what the future brings with that. Um, Vandy, I know we've talked about that uh, kind of voicemail thing that we started to kind of set yes. up, and then that sounds really cool. So I think in the yeah. future we're going to have some kind of voicemail thing where. Um, the listeners can call in and either ask us a question or they can ask Vandy a question, and then we can sweet. we can bring him back in and we can actually play that recording. So you're actually hearing your voice, and then we're we're answering answering your question directly. Yeah, like um, it's a pretty cool idea that Vandy thought of. So um, yeah, the the 
the future is looking pretty cool, and I'm glad you're, glad you're with us. Well, for anything it, so. I can for do sure. to help you guys, you know that. Yep, so you guys got anything else no. close Appreciate out on? Coming by. So. Anytime, man. Anytime. Peace, love, and positivity, Vandy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Blue Tail Boners are out. <laughs>